1: From KQED from KQED Public Radio in san francisco i 'm Ariana Prale in Fermina Kim. California again shattered its daily record for new COVID-19 cases yesterday. And the number of COVID-19 patients filling hospital-intensive care units is ticking up across the state. We'll get the latest news on how hospitals are faring. Then we'll check in with Los Angeles Congressman Adam Schiff about how Southern California is handling COVID-19 cases and how the $900 billion relief package Congress passed last night could impact Californians. We'll also hear about the government's response to the recent cyber attack on federal agencies' to be Russian led. That's all next after this news. This is Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. Yesterday, California reported more than 62,000 new cases of COVID-19, another daily record. The strain on hospitals is worsening across the state with fears that people gathering for Christmas and New Year's holidays could bring another surge in the coming weeks. Joining me now with the latest news is Somya Karlamangla, staff writer covering healthcare for the Los Angeles Times. Welcome back to Forum, Somya.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: And listeners, if you have questions or comments, email us at forum at kqed.org or post them on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. We just have Somya Carlamangla uh, with us for about 10 minutes. So if you have your questions and comments, please get them in now. Uh, Somya, let's just start with what is the picture like in California right now in terms of ICU capacity?
2: You know, it's pretty bleak uh, throughout the state. We just are running out really quickly of ICU beds. California in general just doesn't have a lot of hospital beds compared to other states uh, per capita. And so we're sort of starting with an uneven playing field. And every day we get these updates on how different parts of the state are doing, how many ICU beds they have left. And the San Joaquin Valley and the Southern California region, which is you know the biggest region in the state, have both been at zero percent capacity for the past five days, probably.
1: And that's continuing on today it seems. Um, And a doctor you spoke to at an LA County hospital says they foresee having to start rationing care by early January. What would that look like?
2: Yeah, it's kind of the worst case scenario. Uh, We got this document that the public hospitals in in Los Angeles County circulated to all their physicians last month because they knew this was going to happen or it could happen. And the document basically goes over what you do if you get to this scenario where it's not really that they they think there won't be enough ventilators, which is kind of what we thought in the spring. It's that there maybe won't be enough ICU nurses, critical care physicians. And so how do you make those decisions? Do you give the nurse 10 patients to take care of? So they're scrambling or do you put, you know, a doctor that's not really trained to take care of a patient on a ventilator uh, and assign them to those patients. So it's like, The sort of takeaway is that you can ration the care or distribute the care when it's this scarce, however you want, but the ultimate result is that the quality of care declines.
1: And that's where also staff have to make some difficult choices in terms of which cases to continue treating and others to maybe not devote as much treatment as they might otherwise treat. Is that
0: right?
2: Yeah. So they have to kind of do an analysis on like, you know, as things are progressing, they have to look at, okay, these are the patients that we have. What is this person's chance of surviving? Who's going to, you know, who's most likely to survive with this treatment? And if they give someone a treatment and it helps them, then they'll keep giving them that treatment. But if they give someone a treatment and within two days, it's not helping them you know, the guidelines say that they are supposed to stop and give it to someone who maybe it would have a better chance of saving. So there are these really tough decisions that no one wants to make.
1: And what are the estimates of how many people who contract COVID-19 will need hospitalization? And of those, how many would need an
2: ICU bed? So it fluctuates a little bit because we because of how much testing we're doing. But in general, in California, it's 12% of people who test positive uh, need to be in the hospital. I think that number has gone down a little bit recently uh, because we just have had a lot of people, but getting tested. So maybe it's around 10%. And then about 12% of those people need ICU level care. So with the huge numbers of people testing positive, you know, every day in the past two weeks, you can see that like our hospital hospitalization numbers, I think Governor Newsom said could increase... Sixfold from what it is now by the end of January.
1: And what do we know about the temporary field hospitals being set up in different parts of the state to help with these overflow patients?
2: Well, I think the issue with those is staffing, that we don't necessarily have enough staff who can come help work on those hospitals. Some of them, I think, come with their own staff. But to set up extra facilities is useful to a degree. But when you have a shortage of staffing already and you have these surges across the country, that makes it really difficult to bring in staffing from other parts of the country, too. Like this is, you know, in the spring, we had a big surge in New York. And so people could go to New York. But now there are surges everywhere. And so California doesn't have there's just not as much flexibility with getting uh, people on the ground.
1: And what else are you hearing from healthcare providers? How are they feeling about what's happening and what's potentially to come? We seem to be way beyond, you know, feeling concerned, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) everyone I've talked to recently sounds like, like describes, you know, a scene in a hospital that sounds a little bit like people running around with their heads chopped off. Like, there's just so much anxiety, stress, panic, they just don't Know how they're going to handle this number of patients, and then they look at the case numbers and they feel even more worried because, you know, the 11,000 people in LA County that tested positive yesterday are nowhere near needing hospital care yet. So uh, I think people are really stressed. They don't want to. They don't want uh, Los Angeles or any other parts of California to become like what happened in New York and has happened in other parts of the country. But it does seem like that's where this is headed.
1: And I know just in, in preparation for speaking with you, I did uh, look at a Los Angeles Times story that's a, a photographic story that really shows, goes inside an ICU. And I really encourage our, our listeners to, to check out that story as well. It's really sobering to see the images, and I think we can post that on, on our uh, web post for this show it's really sobering to see inside the ICU in terms of the scope of what these healthcare providers are dealing with on a daily basis now. And just imagining that it could just go up from there.
2: Yeah. The images like make it look, I don't know. It just looks unreal because they're wearing so much gear and there's just so much precautions. It looks like, you know, they're wearing like space suits, just the amount of protection that they have on uh, and, yeah, it's just, I don't know, the, what's going to happen in the next few weeks is not something that we've ever seen before.
1: And what are some of those um, kind of, where are those numbers trending right now in terms of where, where do we stand with um, deaths to COVID-19 in the state and in overall cases?
2: Yeah, um, so I, we have around 20,000 deaths, a little bit over 20,000 deaths. Uh, but what's really alarming is how quickly those numbers are changing. So, uh, on in mid-November, we logged a million cases of the coronavirus throughout the course of the pandemic in California. So that took us some eight months to hit. Uh, and this week, if our numbers continue, which you know, at the pace that they are, which I imagine they will, around Christmas Day, uh, we should hit two million. So that means that it took us eight months to hit a million cases, and six weeks to hit another million. Uh, so that's just incredible. Like the, you know, California throughout the pandemic has had a lower rate of cases, a lower rate of deaths than the rest of, uh, than most, almost any other state. But the rates that we have now are putting us, you know, among the worst states. I think California has the second highest rate of cases of any state in the country right now, you know, if you just look over the past week. So we're, we're sort of at risk of losing our, um, lead, if you will, uh, which is, you know, really alarming, because that means undoubtedly more people in the hospital and that death toll creep starts to sort of uh, creep up a month after the cases. And so we're only now just seeing the beginning of that, uh, the results of all of these new cases. And I think last week we broke our our death toll and we're now logging about 233 deaths a day in California. So it's just it's I mean, it's really, really bad.
1: And as a result, Newsom said he's likely to extend stay-at-home orders for Southern California and San Joaquin Valley that are set to expire in the next week. Um Somya Kalamangla, you also wrote a story um, about the high prevalence of coronavirus among grocery workers, which illustrates the challenges of fighting the pandemic. You know, people need food and employees need to work so they are willing to risk exposure. What can be done to curb those infections, given that we don't know where the outbreaks originate?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really tough. With so many people sick in the county, we just don't have and this is through, true throughout the state. We don't have good data on how the virus is spreading. You know, our contact tracers are really focused on finding out who did you come in contact with once you were infectious so they can make sure to contact those people and keep them, you know, in isolation. But they're not dedicating a lot of resources to figuring out how did this outbreak spread in the first place? It's just they're kind of triaging the situation. And so that means that we just don't know and I mean it's the things we all we've been hearing forever, which is masks and social distancing, but I don't know how much you can social distance while you're at work, especially if you're, you know, working in the back and you're, you know, moving uh, packages and uh, even close quarters uh, with masks on for 10 hours a day is not, you know, great. That doesn't, your mask isn't going to necessarily prevent the transmission of COVID and those sort of close quarters like that. And so it's just really tough. I mean, I think a lot of grocery workers are trying hard, but, you know, once one case gets into a store, and this is at any kind of store that's still open, a case gets into a store, the environment is just conducive to spread.
1: And we just have about 45 seconds left or so. Uh, We have a comment from Rose who writes, why isn't California implementing travel requirements, you know, quarantine requirements for returning travelers? And I know San Francisco has issued a travel order that went in effect last Friday for travelers arriving at SFO. They have to quarantine for 10 days. Is Los Angeles considering a travel order for LAX? Do we see any other widespread travel orders happening in the near
2: future? So Newsom, uh, Governor Newsom said yesterday that they're considering some new travel orders based on the prevalence of the virus and also this uh, new strain and what's happening in the UK and concern about that coming to the US. So I think uh, that combined with just how things how bad things are getting, we might see some soon.
1: That's Sonia Carlamangla, staff writer covering health care for the Los Angeles Times. Thank you so much for your reporting, even though it's really difficult and challenging to hear. We appreciate your, your reporting.
2: Of course, happy to do it.
1: And stay tuned for more after the break. Congressman Adam Schiff will join us. I'm Arianna Prale and Fermina Kim.